everyone, just a real quick announcement about our YouTube channel. Yes, we have a YouTube channel. You can find us at youtube.com forward slash at the ambersand sign faith and more podcast. And there you will find all kinds of fun things. Audio versions of the show you're listening to now are uploaded to YouTube each week. If you want to listen on YouTube instead of listening through Spotify, excuse me, Spotify, Apple podcast, or one of the other avenues that you listen to or through. Uh, also, I am doing homilies every other week. Father Mike has me doing that as part of my seminary class. So you'll get to see those homilies. They're uploaded. Plus, each week or every other week, I upload a segment called Ask Angel, where I answer your questions. And you'll get to see me moving, grooving, and squirming as I answer those questions. So, again, head on over to youtube.com forward slash at the Ember Sand sign, Faith and More Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Book Nook. Come on in and have yourself a seat. If you're new to the Book Nook, know that this is not a new show or new podcast. It is just another branch of the Faith and More podcast. So what I do here in the Book Nook is we sit down once a month and we just chat. I share with you updates on things that are going on with me personally as far as studies and practices and things of that nature. I also share some updates about the show that you normally wouldn't hear in a regular show, as well as, you know, some secrets that we share in the book nook that if you don't listen to it, you won't know. And then when you hear it in the show, you're going to be surprised. I also share information on books that I have read and studied. Uh, books that I recommend, uh, prayers, incense, um, all kinds of things like that, meditations, music, and all sorts of things. So if you're new to the book nook, welcome and thank you for stopping by. I sincerely hope and pray you find everything you're looking for here in the book nook and more as well as everything you're looking for and more in a podcast with our entire Faith and More podcast. And if you're returning to the Book Nook and to the Faith and More podcast, infinite thanks and blessings and love to each and every one of you. I cannot thank you all enough uh, for your love and your support and for continuing to come back and listen and enjoy the show. And I so hope and pray with all that I am and all that I ever will be that this show is helpful to you at some level or levels. Ho and shalom, shalom, everyone. How is everyone doing? Welcome. Welcome to the book nook. Wow. It's going to be hard to top, which we never try to top previous book nooks or shows, but it's going to be hard to beat last month's uh, book nook. Boy, that was extra, extra spicy. And I didn't perceive that it was, but man, there were a couple people that really, really, it, it rubbed them the wrong way way the wrong way. Uh, anyway, we'll talk about that here later on when we get to the me part of the show. Uh, but again, how's everybody doing? How are y'all doing? I, I mean, 
here in the uh, northern hemisphere, it's winter, and it's usually our coldest time right now in February, um, depending on where you're at. And I know those in the southern hemisphere, you're what? You're in fall? Or no? Where are you? <laughs> you let me know where you are. But anyway, I hope everybody's doing well. And if not, I hope you're all doing great and that you're all blessed. I know uh, one of our dear brothers down in Texas uh, this past week had to deal with ice. Yeah, ice. They had an ice storm and they were iced over for days and, and it, it iced for days. Uh, yeah. And it was uh, seen some of the news articles on. I never really watched news, but I love hockey. So it stood out to me when I see a, a excerpt or a picture of people ice skating in Texas <laughs> on the streets. People just strapped on their hockey skates and just went skating to work or to the store or wherever they needed to go. And bless them. And number one, I'm surprised there's ice in Texas. Number two, I'm surprised people in Texas have ice skates. So that was cool. It was super cool to see. And uh, I, I pray everybody's well down there and that, you know, that the, there was no severe power outages or anything like it. And I don't, I don't pay attention to the news, so I'm not really privy on it, but, um, you know, again, bless them, bless them all. Bless you, bless you wherever you are. So a couple, if not more than a couple of book nooks ago, I had mentioned um, a college student who is a Sikh. Uh, that is a, a religious group, if you all aren't familiar with the Sikhs, uh, who is a Sikh who was, um, who had a knife on him, but it was a ritual ceremonial knife that was actually viced in to its scabbard, um, and it was strapped across his chest. It's a small dagger, you know, small curved dagger. And you could tell by looking at it, it, it was definitely beyond secured. There was no way he was going to get it out. And it looked very old and worn and did not look um, dangerous, at least to me. You know, I've got over 35 years of uh, security background and experience. So, I mean, to me, it did not appear that way and I wouldn't have approached him the way he was approached. But anyway, I was talking about his story briefly, uh, several, I want to say several, um, book nooks ago. And I told you all I, I would be sharing its story with you, but we just never got to it. So we're going to get to that right now. So this was uh, an incident that occurred, I believe, on September 21st of last year. It says a Sikh student attending the University of North Carolina at Charlotte was handcuffed for carrying a religious object that was mistaken for a knife. Uh, there's, a, there's a video of this. So if you guys go on YouTube and look it up, it's, it's there, the whole incident of how it took place. Uh, the incident, which took place last in this article, last Thursday sparked an outrage among members of the Sikh community and prompted the University of North Carolina to issue an apology. The young man who was has not been publicly identified, but he has since identified himself on social media, was sitting in the student union last Thursday when a campus police officer responded to the scene after getting a 911 call reporting that there was someone there with a knife. As the University of North Carolina explained in a statement addressing the incident, the object in the student's possession was found to be a kirpan. K-I-R-P-A-N for anyone that wants to look that up. And believe me, we're going to be having a show in season five on the Sikhs, the Sikh religion and, 
And so we'll cover what a kirpan is. It's a curved edged dagger that is one of five articles of faith that Sikhs must wear on them at all times. Kirpans are often blunt and sewn into the sheath. And if you look at the video or the pictures, you will see that his dagger was not sewn in. It was like viced in. It's like there's a clamp that's actually screwed in holding it where he couldn't pull it if he wanted to. And that's not the intent or purpose of uh, the Kirpan. And again, when we get to the Sikh episode, I'll be sure to share what the symbolism is behind that. And you're all welcome to more than welcome to go check it out on yourself. You don't have to wait for me. <laughs> you definitely feel free to investigate it and learn yourself. And that's the point of this whole of me sharing this is how I'm always talking about interfaith and especially interfaith education. Because if there would have been interfaith education with the officer, this incident would not have happened the way it happened. In the 44 second video that was posted on Twitter by the student to the responding cop approaches, the man sitting on a sofa and tries to take the religious object away from him. So the officer's trying to take the kapan away from him. And the student responds, you want me to take the whole thing off, meaning it's all one piece. It's, it's in a scabbard, it's viced in, and it's on a strap that goes across his chest. It's across his chest from shoulder on the right to um, abdomen on the left. Okay, and he says, um, then the student asks the officer, you know, when he orders to the man to stand up and then he restrains his hands behind his back and handcuffs. So he's willing to comply. He's just asking the officer for um, further further instruction. You know, what what do you want? I know you want the knife, but do you want or the kapan, but do you want me to take off the whole thing? Because it's viced in. He can't, you know, just willy nilly take it off and hand it to him. So he says here in his post, I wasn't going to post this, but I don't think I will receive any support from the University of Charlotte. The student later wrote in the post accompanying the video, which by Tuesday had been viewed 3.6 million times. I was told someone called 911 and reported me, and I got cuffed for resisting because I refused to let the officer take my carpon out of the Mian. It's M-I-Y-A-A-N, so Mian or Mian. So that's the scabbard it was in. You know, he wasn't going to let him take it out of it because it was viced in. And, and again, that's part of his religion. I mean, that's like someone coming up to you and demanding that you, if you're a Christian, you take your cross off. Or if you're uh, Jewish, take your Star of David off, which they witnessed during World War II, right, uh, with Hitler. Um or someone walking up to someone of a nature faith and saying, you know, uh, you need to take off your, your tree of life uh, necklace or um, your pentacle necklace or what have you. Again, that's it. It's, I don't know. It's, it's no bueno. The California Sikh Youth Alliance slammed the University of Northern Carol North Carolina's response, writing on Twitter, this is a grotesque breach of religious freedom and highly irregular given the Kapan's legal standing in many states which are home to the Sikh community. The University of North Carolina officials confirmed the facts of the incident in the statement Friday, saying that the 
Handcuffs were removed from the student after the object that sparked the 911 call was retrieved. So again, with all of my years of security background and experience, um, you know, you, you never want to approach anybody with a weapon or a suspected weapon with aggression uh, like that. You want to uh, walk up to them as professionally and politely as possible. You'll get more compliance with sugar than you will with uh, vinegar, or I should say honey than with vinegar, um, because all you're doing is you're provoking. You're, you're coming in with an attitude and you are already starting an issue. You're creating an issue. Um, and again, nothing against that officer. He just was ignorant as far as he didn't know. He was doing what he was trained to do and how he was trained to do it. He was not aware of the Sikh religion. He was not aware you know, of the Kirpan. Raise your hand. How many of you are familiar with the Sikh religion or aware of a Kirpan? You know? But again, to me, again, with security background, um, it's your responsibility if you're in a setting to know your surroundings and those in your surroundings. So, uh, yeah, I know it's impossible for you to know every single religion, but being a campus police officer, you should be knowing your what the students are and communicating with them. Maybe that's the problem, no communication. Communicating with them, knowing, getting to know them, getting to know the religions on campus, you know, those uh, religions that are practiced mostly on the campus. If you see a young man with a a PAGRI, P-A-G-R-I, which, you know, those who don't know any better call it a turban. If you see a young man wearing a PAGRI and a, a knife and a scabbard on his chest, it's out in the open. It's not concealed. It's not a concealed weapon. Um, you would want to get to know that person, I would think, or get to know what they are, you know, what they practice, what they believe. Educate yourself. Because education in this situation would have changed everything, uh, including for the young man, because he found out the University of North Carolina has a strict no weapons uh, policy. And although the Sikhs see the Karpan as not a weapon, but a ritual item of their, of their faith, um, you know, the university sees it differently. So, you know, as a Sikh or someone who believes something other than, I hate to say it, the norm, I would have, you know, gone into the faculty office or dean's office or scheduled an appointment to speak with people to let them know, hey, I am a Sikh and this is what this is and this is why this is and this is why I have to have it on me 24-7. You know, again, it works both ways. But again, approaching someone um, in a hostile manner, like, you know, drop the weapon, uh, when you can clearly see that it was, he didn't have it in his hand. He wasn't threatening anybody with it. He was, you know, in the student union, just hanging out. And someone who didn't know, again, someone who is ignorant, didn't know, but felt threatened that this young man had a weapon on them when it's not I know we could debate this forever, but it's not a weapon, okay? Um, there's nothing you could do with that to harm anyone because it was, like I said, it was viced in. I'll have a link to the video in the uh, show description if anybody wants to check it out. Um, but again, it's just like the whole purpose of why 
I am constantly talking on this show about the importance of interfaith and uh, learning other faiths. And as you all know, who are longtime listeners to the show, I meet a lot of backlash on that. I get a lot of backlash on that from, um, you know, I don't want to call them. Well, they are extreme extremist Christians or fundamentalist Christians or Christian fundamentalists, however you want to look at it. Uh, that will not move or budge on their religion, that flat out refuse to learn anything about any other faith than their own. Heck, they don't even know their own faith. They won't even learn their own faith. They go by it on their ego and their pride and the titles that they have or what have you. It's just poison, all around poison. But again, folks, I wanted to share this with you guys, and I do apologize sincerely that it's taken so long to get to this story. But, um, you know, the divine does it for a reason. So perhaps it is helping someone right now who is hearing this that may find themselves in a similar situation, maybe on a bus or subway or something like or on an airplane or something like that, where you see someone uh, wearing a poggy, which we call, you know, you know us ignorant people call a turban. And with a ceremonial dagger strapped across their chest, we, you know, especially on an airplane, you know, with all the 9-11, you know, poison and garbage and programming, uh, people would freak out. But now you know this. Now you have a little bit of understanding that, you know, if you are in a situation where you must approach somebody uh, in that situation that who has that then you know how to do it. You know the right way to go about it. You know you know to approach them with kindness, love, compassion, and professionalism, um, not in any kind of attacking manner. And speaking of Sikhs, if you are a Sikh and you're listening to the show and you would be willing to do an interview with me for an episode on the Sikhs in season five, I would love to speak with you. I would love to interview. I would love to have you on the show and for you to share your beautiful and amazing faith and religion with all of us. So if you are Sikh and you want to be on the show or you would love to share your, your faith with us, please reach out to me. My contact information is at the end of this show and at the end of every show. So next is music. We haven't talked about music in quite a long time, have we? Well, I specifically want to talk about what you're hearing right now. I'm just going to play just a short, short clip so um, you guys can hear it. Okay, so that's about all I can play because I don't want to get a strike against us for violating any um, toss rules. Uh, that was the first track on an album called Spectrum Suite by Stephen Halpern, H-A-L-P-E-R-N. Yes, I'll have links in the show notes. Those of you who've been longtime listeners to the show know back in season one I spoke about this um, truly amazing album and what it has meant to me through my life. Uh, this album was released in 1976 under the title Spectrum Suite, 
and re-released and updated in 2005 under the title Chakra Suite or Chakra Suite, again, by Stephen Halpern. Um, uh, those of you who know, uh, again, I've talked about this in a previous show uh, about you know how partially this, uh, the name for this show happened to come to be was through um, my mother used to take uh, me and my brother and sister over to a place um, across the river from where we lived to uh, it was called Aquarius or also known as Aquarius Bookshop. And the gentleman who ran the place was such an amazing and blessed soul, um, just full of life and energy and love. I mean, overabundant love. Um, and we would go in there and I would get my martial arts gear from him and all kinds of what they called back then new age books. He had everything. It was just, um, a, a beautiful, yummy buffet of everything you could ever want, especially me <laughs> incense. Oh my goodness. He had everything. His name was Patrick. Um, but yeah, I mean, so one of the times we would go over, my mom would let us each get something. And, you know, I wanted the, uh, he was playing the Spectrum Suite because that was one of the cool things Patrick used to do is he'd have something playing when you'd walk into the store and we'd walk in and, and it was, he was playing Spectrum Suite and those chords, those notes that you just heard resonated literally with my soul. I was like, wow, what an amazing energy, what a breath of fresh air, uh, what a revitalizing energy and sense. It's again, you can't put a label on it because it's transcending all labels. Um, so my mom blessed me by getting me, uh, you know, the cassette of it. And I still have that. <laughs> I still have that cassette to this day, folks. And I listened to it so so much over the year now, now that we have a digital age uh, I, yeah it's on my phone so i can play it anytime and i do i'll play it a lot of times especially when i'm trying to focus and meditate if i'm having a difficult time if i'm not feeling well um, if i'm just having a bad time or if i'm going through something negative or feeling negative um, i'll put that on and what it is is um, the spectrum suite or the chakra suite is each track he goes through a different chakra or chakra um, in your body and these this these songs of each track for each chakra um, are to help retune and align that chakra again i can't say enough great things about this album and the music that's on it it is such healing music so if you are in need of healing and whether that's Mentally, physically, spiritually, all the above, have a listen. I will have a link to it on YouTube where you can listen to it for free in the show notes. I highly recommend getting the album and putting it on your phone or your, um, your device, whatever digital device you use the most. That way you can take it with you wherever you go. And no matter what's going on in your life, uh, when you need it, it's there at your fingertips. Next is books. We haven't talked about books in a long time on the <laughs> book nook. All right. Well, maybe we have because I've shared books through uh, what I'm studying in seminary. And of course, that's what I'm going to be sharing a little bit with you all now. Um, but yeah, this 
this book that I'm currently studying, well, one of many books that I'm currently studying for seminary, it's called Church History in Plain Language by Dr. Bruce Shelley. Uh, Dr. Bruce Shelley was a longtime professor of church history and historical theology at Denver Seminary. He joined that faculty in 1957. He earned a PhD from the University of Iowa and received a theological degree from Fuller Seminary. He also attended Columbia Bible College. Dr. Shelley wrote and or edited over 20 books, including Church History in Plain Language, All the Saints Adore Thee, The Gospel and the American Dream, Theology of Ordinary People, and the Consumer Church. He served on the editorial advisory board of the Christian History and published numerous articles for magazines and in the excuse me and encyclopedias. He served as consulting editor for InterVarsity's Dictionary of Christianity in America. He was a corresponding editor of Christianity Today and published articles in Encyclopedia America, Evangelical Dictionary of Theology, and New International Dictionary of the Christian Church. So you would say, well, sounds like an academic book. It is, and then it isn't, because the one thing I love about many things I love about Dr. Shelley is, as he said, plain language, church history in plain language. So his, this book, it, it's, wow, you know, it's $20 new on Amazon and like $10 uh, on like thrift books and the used book circuit. I can't recommend it enough, regardless of your faith. Again, we were just talking about the importance of learning faiths. And those of you who are Christian, you definitely didn't know your faith, especially the history of your faith, where it came from, how it developed over the centuries. And if you're not Christian, it's important that you at least know the basics of church history. So you know where people are coming from, from different um types of uh, churches within Christianity uh, so you can better relate with them and, and, and have a better conversation um, with each other. So the book is set up in an amazing format. You know, you can tell he's put together dictionaries and encyclopedias most of his life. Unfortunately, he's no longer with us. He's, you know, gone into repose and has passed on. But um, this book is just, you can flip anywhere. It's like an encyclopedia. And it gives you um, each chapter is a very bite-sized chapter, but it's so packed with information. Now, here's an example. Um, my seminary professor, also my spiritual director, assigned me two chapters. So I went ahead and did the prologue, chapters one and chapter two, okay? My essay, just for those three, for the prologue and chapters one and two, was 18 pages long. One eight, 18 pages. So that tells you, I mean, that's more pages than there was in the chapters and the prologue altogether. But that just tells you how much information is in this amazing book. I can't recommend it enough. Like I said, for everyone, everyone, um, you know, get it. It's so easy to read, even easier to understand. It's definitely one of those books that's addictive. Once you start, you won't want to put it down because it's extremely fascinating, or at least to me, um, history of any such type, especially Christian history, is just 
It's amazing. And it, you can't get enough of it. And you shouldn't get enough of it. any kind of history on any kind of faith. So that's the book recommendation for this week. And yes, I will have a link to it in the show notes for Amazon. But please feel free to um, look at used book sources where you can get it at a better price and save yourself some money. So the next thing I'd like to talk about is the elephant in the room, and it's not Ganesh. <laughs> Those of you who are Hindu get that one. It's not Ganesh. Um, is the Cash App. And, you know, well, Angel, you said you were never going to ask for money. I'm not asking for money. Um, again, I've been spending a lot of time with my spiritual director, and he's been really, you can't be in a box with him because he's constantly pushing you out to where you can't get to a box and you can't get to a comfort zone and it's it's beautiful it really is uh, I know a lot of people would drive them insane uh, but to me it drives me to evolve and to grow and he was like you know what is your big hang-up about not accepting donations financial donations you know and I was like well other than the tax thing um, which he schooled me on as far as how much you would have to make in order to have to file uh, or claim it uh, but anyway he was like you know why are you not allowing people to help and I was kind of taken aback by that I was like well I have the Amazon wish list for the books and he was like no no I'm talking about people don't have time to go on and go through your book list to see what, and then discern what book to get you and send it to you. Um, so it's easier for people who have the means that want to help you and your ministry in the show to just give you a donation. The Cash App is very easy to, to use and millions of people use it. It's safe, it's secure. Um, so why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you, and then he goes, why aren't you allowing people to do God's work and I was like what? I never thought of it that way you know if you all want to help you all want to contribute uh, to the show and to my ministry which is not just the show it's literally everything uh, my ministry is 24 7 literally it's the show it's the book nook, it's the Oblates of Perpetual Light, it's everything I do on Facebook, it's every person I interact with, um, it's people in person that I assist as well. And I have offered and continue and always will offer to assist all of you, absolutely free. But as he was saying, all of that takes time and a lot of that takes money. Because I can tell you, I mean, and it, this is no, nothing to do with anything other than just sharing. My family has spent over the past year over $1,000 easy in equipment uh, for me to improve my ministry. Um, we've got two YouTube channels now. We have one for the Oblates and, and one for this show, for the Faith and More podcast. Um, you know, it, it costs money for equipment, for quality cameras, for you know this wireless mic that I'm using that's improved the show, up, I believe, a thousand fold. Um, 
So, I mean, like you were saying, why not allow people who have the means and want to, to be a part, to make an offering, to help? And yeah, I couldn't, I had no rebuttal for that. I had no argument to come back. I couldn't debate that. I lost that. So that is why the Cash App is up now and the um, Amazon wish list for books is gone. Well, not gone. It's still there. It's just I'm not um, not advertising it anymore. Um, the Cash App is there for anyone. It's not a requirement and it's, don't feel obligated. It's just there that if you have the means and you want to help with the show and support the show, it's there for you to do so. You know, it's a gift that will always keep giving. So anyway, I just wanted to explain, and I hope that was quick um, and painless, <laughs> about the Cash App and, and why that's there now, um, you know, why I'm talking about it at the closing of every show now, and it's always in the, in the show notes or show description, the link uh, to that for anyone that wants to, you know, contribute to the show, to the ministry, you all are family. You all are brothers and sisters. We always are, regardless if you give or not. So again, I don't want anybody to feel obligated, but I wanted to explain why there was a change and why that's there. Secret time. You know, it's been so long since we have had secret time that I feel an obligation to explain what secret time is because... There's a lot more people listening to the book nook now than there have been ever. And thank you all for doing that. So what secret time is, is one of the original reasons why the book nook came into being. And that was to give all of you um, advanced information on changes to the show, updates, things, um, just all kinds of things that normally you wouldn't know until it actually happened. And you were like, okay, well, that was different. What was the reasoning behind that? You know, why did he change this? Why did he add that? So that's what secret time is, is all about. But we haven't had it for quite a while because there really hasn't been anything to share as far as secret time. But that has changed <laughs> with this. This secret time. Yes, folks, this is the first of all, the last book nook of not only this season, but the last show labeled as book nook for the Faith and More podcast. <gasps> but no worries. The show is not going this show of the show or from the show or <laughs> I don't know. Now I'm talking circles. Jason Mateo. This segment of the, or part of the Faith and More, that's a better word. This part of the Faith and More podcast is not going anywhere. It's just changing names. Now, someone might say, why? Because the book, Nook, you know, you explained and it had such significant meaning for you. Yes, for me, but it really didn't for anybody else. And it really, um, puzzled people. They didn't know, you know, when they tuned in, they expected me to be reading books or discussing books. And, you know, it was and is, as we all know, much, much more than that. It transcends 
all of that. So what's the new name going to be? And this is what Secret Time's all about, folks. The new name for the show, is, for the book nook, is going to be called The Faith and More Cafe. So to me, it, it, it ties it in more with the show, with the podcast, um, with Faith and More Ministries, which is our base, our foundation, our origin uh, for all of this and everything uh, for from me in my ministry. So to me, it made absolute perfect sense. I prayed on it. You know, spirit was like, well, you know, how about, you know, faith and more cafe, the faith and more cafe, because at a cafe, you can sit and chit chat, which is what we do. We sit and chit chat and share secrets and, you know, have a cup of coffee or, you know, a cup of tea. And we just sit down and spend some time together, share some moments. Right. So again, you know, this show is going, this show of the show is going, I'm not going to do that again. It is going to continue on. It's just going to be under a different label, flying under a different flag. That's all, but it's all going to stay the same. So what else is changing? Well, also with season five, the label for the show, the podcast itself is going to change a little bit as far as the wording goes. Because, of course, right now, as you all know, it's called the Faith and More podcast, right? But, again, that is not giving enough information for people that are doing searches or just, you know, happen upon the show in a, in a if it pops up or in a search, uh, it's not explaining enough. So you grow in Faith and More what it's a podcast about your faith and more what faith you know more <laughs> to me it's self-explanatory but to a lot of people it can become confusing or just something they just go you know what i don't have the energy to even figure this out so in order to an attempt to remedy this again praying and spirit said how about faith and more again you know that's the the main banner um, which is unwavering won't change faith and more and then under that it will say a trans-denominational podcast so some of you say you know what <laughs> you, you just made it more complicated no because trans-denominational um yeah i just recently learned this word myself through a, a study that i'm doing right now the book is called A Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence, and it was written by this amazing monk uh, back in the 1600s. Yep, there'll, there'll definitely be a show on that in season five. See, see there you go. There's, <laughs> there's another secret uh, that was unintentional. But, you know, it, while I'm studying this text, um, Brother Lawrence is constantly talking about, of course, of course, he's a mystic and a contemplative. So, you know, he's ex he's talking in terms that go beyond the norm, beyond uh, our everyday faith, you know, and beyond our human conditioning, right? So, I mean, those of you who've listened to the show long enough know that, you know, all about that or should. Um, so anyway, that's a word he uses quite a bit is trans-denominational, whereas I always would say non-denominational, which means no denomination, right? 
which means something's being excluded, non, no, something's missing, right? Nothing's missing. So how do we change that? By saying trans-denominational, which means it transcends all denominations. And to me, and you know, thanks to Spirit and Brother Lawrence, that perfectly fits our show. Now, yes, it may leave some people scratching their heads, but my deepest hope and prayer is that it will spark their curiosity, to say the least, and therefore get more people to come and listen to the show. And speaking of, all of you can help with getting more people to come and listen to the show. If you enjoy what you have heard and what you listen to and all the different shows, and especially our longtime listeners, if you enjoy the show, please, please, please share it with as many people as you possibly can. We are on all formats, literally. I mean, you can just, whatever you're listening on, whether it's, uh, you know, Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcast, um, Podcast Guru, which is what I use, uh, Anchor.fm, uh, you know, any of those, we're Every, this show is literally accessible to anyone on a search, you, you, however they listen to their podcast or music. It's that easy to find. There's, I don't think there's anything that we're not on. If there is, let me know so we can get that corrected. But um, share, share the show and, and share it with your loved ones and your friends or coworkers, anybody you feel could benefit from the show. Also, another great way to help the show is to, um, when you listen on whatever platform, say if you're listening on Spotify, you can rate the show and you can also comment on the show by leaving a review. And by doing that, it pushes the show up higher on their scale. So when people are doing just like a general search, it's more likely to pop up uh, in that search and they'll be able to find us. So those are some of the ways uh, that you can help, you know, other than, you know, what I just recently talked about, you know, a few moments ago about the cash app. But wait, there's more. And indeed, there is more. I'm telling you, folks, season five is a moving and grooving, shaking a whole lot of things going on uh, season. Uh, so what else? Um, how about video? of the podcast. So not just audio, which there's always just, there's always going to be audio provided because it's a podcast, right? But what about YouTube video to go with it? What about me recording or videotaping a show and posting it not only in podcast form, but also in video form on our YouTube channel? And if you're not familiar with our YouTube channel, please, you're missing out. Um, it's, it's a really nice format for um, us to have more content for the Faith and More podcast, Faith and More Ministries, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. And you can find our YouTube channel always in the description and show notes. There's links. But for those of you who don't stick around long enough or click on those, um, it is youtube.com forward slash at Faith and More Podcast. That easy. 
So yeah, how about that? Let's do um, let's do a couple of those. Um, I'm not going to say when because I still want that to be a secret, at least a little bit of a surprise or say not a secret. Um, but definitely you'll know because you guys know how I broadcast, especially on um, if you follow me on Facebook. Um, yeah, I mean, and I'll definitely announce it on, on the show as well uh, when it's coming up and, and all that. So as I always do. Um, so, yeah. So, and then what else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's more. Um, depending on how well the video episodes go or episode goes, um, I'm considering doing a live show. And what that would be would be also on YouTube is I would let you all know the date and time. And then you all could go right to YouTube, to our channel, watch live. And those of you who are familiar with YouTube know that when there are live videos, there's also a chat room where you can talk to me. You can type out what you have as far as questions or comments or anything like that and actually participate in the show as it goes. And yeah, I mean, we'll record all of it. And of course, it will get uploaded as a podcast uh, as well. I'm still debating on exactly the best way to get good audio quality because YouTube's not like uh, Zoom where, it, you know, when you do the video that it uh, makes a separate audio file. I would actually have to do that myself because YouTube doesn't let you have your videos at all. If you record through YouTube, it's YouTube and YouTube only on your channel. So, but that's yet another thing. So what do you all think about that? I'd be more than happy and interested to hear from all of you to give me your feedback on it. Or if you want to wait until it actually comes to fruition, until it comes into being, and then, you know, let me know either during the event or after, you know, I would be more than happy to hear your feedback. I mean, your feedback is very important to me. Um, one of our Dear longtime uh, listeners and followers from all the way back to the beginning, Mike S., those of you who know Mike S., and you should because we've been praying for Mike S. for quite some time now. And, um, you know, Mike recently asked, well, this past week asked me why uh, the comments were turned off on our YouTube uh, videos. And I said, you know, I'll turn it on, but I explained the reason why I turned it off is to avoid hate. You know, I don't want to sit here and go through hateful comments and trolls. And again, those of you who are internet savvy or even a novice internet uh, user, especially YouTube, know that there are people out there whose only goal in life is to try their best to attack and make others as miserable as possible. And they just do that. That's why they're called trolls. They just troll around and they will you know, click on videos and leave nasty comments and all kinds of stuff. But, and not to mention, you know, being a trans-denominational, yes, I'm a trainee now, a trans-denominational, you know, uh, minister, it, it's going to stir up, yeah, you know, you can, you can finish that sentence. You know what's going to happen. But anyway, so what I have done is I have turned on the comments, but I have set them for approval, 
which means, yes, I have to look at them first and then decide if they can go through or be approved to be posted or not. Um, because I, I, I agree with Mike. Mike was like, you know, we need the opportunity to talk about or comment on, on the videos. And I completely agree. Uh, I was just trying to, you know, I don't know, I guess try to save some skin and not have to listen to any garbage, but Hey, it is what it is, and regardless, hey, so now you also know another secret, if you didn't already know, is comments are now on for videos, you know, from last week moving forward. I haven't gone back through the other ones yet. I'll see <laughs> if I have time. If not, in the next lifetime, I'll take care of that. Okay, so what else? Yeah, yeah, there's more. And I, I think... Yeah, I believe this is the last of it, is we've got a three-part episode coming up to uh, get us towards the end of this season. We only have four episodes left um, after this show. We have four episodes left um, for this season. And an amazing, such an amazing, beautiful saint just pff, appeared literally out of nowhere, well, I shouldn't say out of nowhere, spirit, spirit <laughs> dropped this saint before me. And it, her, it not, her name is Tamav Irene. And Tamav is an Arabic word for mother. She is a Coptic nun. Yes, she's passed, but I still refer to people, regardless if they're physical or not, as still alive because. They are, without a shadow of a doubt, and are especially more alive once they're out of this physical uh, frame, out of this physical husk. They're no longer um, in a box, literally. Um, they're free. Uh, so, um, yes, the next three episodes are, and I know, don't, don't, don't roll your eyes. Hey, it's been a while since we've had a three-part episode. It's been since St. Faustina, I believe. If I'm wrong, please correct me. But that goes back to when, folks, season one, season two, somewhere around there. That was the last time we did a three-parter. Again, if I'm wrong, correct me. Uh, but you're going to love this. Those of you who are into the mystical, into the contemplative, um, into paranormal, are going to just be bowled over by these three shows. Uh, Tamav Irene's life before she was even born, miracles were happening right, left, front, center, above, below, and it continued throughout her entire life. Believe me, when you're listening to these shows, you're going to be like, wow, that episode went by quick. I want more, which is good because now you know the following week there's going to be another one. And then the following week there's going to be another one. And it is just such an amazing, mind-blowing, heart-filling story. Uh, her life and her teachings and her ways and her family. And yeah, I mean, I can't say enough amazing things. There's not enough words to even come close to scratching the surface of Mother Irene. So that's coming up this Sunday, the first episode. And you all are just going to absolutely fall head over heels 
in love with her. I mean, I have. I, mean, I already have a picture of her on my home um, sanctuary, my, my home altar. Yeah, it's, it's there, you know, in my home devotional. She's just again. I know I'm stammering. I'm circling the wagons. I'll, I'll just shut up. You'll you'll know once you listen to it. So stay tuned for that. And then, of course, the final episode uh, will be just an episode. Well, I should say just an episode. It'll be an episode of some blahs, uh, but some good information, which I'm not going to share the topic of that show. Again, we have to leave some surprises, and I don't want people bored. So that, my brothers and sisters, is secret time for this episode. Okay, so next are the updates, angel updates. Yeah, no, me. <laughs> Wouldn't it be awesome if we had angel updates? Well, hey, here's Gabriel, and he's going to give you this week's update. <laughs> here's Michael, the archangel, going to give you this week's update. <laughs> hey. Maybe it happens sometime down the road. That's not no, not in my lifetime, but you know, you never know. Stranger things have happened, yes, or have they? <laughs> Nothing's impossible when it comes to the divine word. Uh, so, yeah, this part of the of this book nook, this will be my fifth time, five number five, fifth time recording this part in. This is the very first time in all of the, what, we're coming up on, we're over 80 episodes, if you're counting the book nooks, over 80 shows, over 80 podcasts, I have never, ever, in all my days, re-recorded, deleted and re-recorded so much, so often. And the reason for that is, is last week's book nook caused up a stir. It kicked a hornet's nest, so to speak. And I believe me, those of you who know me know that was not my motivation and intention at all. I was sharing and I, I you, those who listen know I was only going to share a little bit, but spirit moved me to share more. Um, well, yeah, to share a lot more. Um, but I didn't name names, you know, and, and but those who were involved knew who they were. And for whatever reason, they, of all shows, decided to listen to that book nook. Now, these are people that, as far as I know, haven't listened to not even a handful of episodes, if any episodes at all. So how and why did they? Listen to the book nook. Did someone in their circle listen and say, hey, they're talking about you or he's talking about you? I don't know. Um, but this is a little bit of what transpired. Um, someone that was mentioned indirectly took offense to not necessarily what I said, but what happened regarding um, my, you know, plans. Well, I should say our plans, my spiritual director and me, our plans for me to be ordained on Easter Sunday, um, April 9th of this year, and how that fell through. Well, this person 
again, I don't want to say too much. Um, this and this is why I've re-recorded this. Now I'm on the fifth time. Uh, hopefully, this is the charm. I'm asking for the Holy Spirit to help on this definitely, um, because I know the darkness is playing on this big time, big time. And I'll explain more here in just a second. Um, but this person attacked. I don't think they see it as attacking, but to my spiritual director, it, he felt very attacked. Um, attacked my spiritual director for leading me astray, for not being honest with me, for um, getting my hopes up and dashing my dreams of being a priest. And I guess, I don't know, this person professed that, well, didn't profess, but gave the impression that they were doing this on my behalf. Not that they had spoken with me. They didn't say that, but that they were coming to my rescue, so to speak. It's like, how dare you do that to someone? You crushed this poor guy. And, you know, he was, you know, he's just blown out of the water. And, and, I, and I don't, these aren't his words. So don't take it. I'm not saying these words verbatim. Okay. Cause I was not involved in the conversation, which is shocking to say the least, because I don't hide. You all know my contact information. If you don't, you know it's at the end of every show. It's also in the um, show notes and description. Always. I'm easy to find. Very easy to find. So easy that they found that book nook to listen to, right? So, but no one ever contacted me to say, hey, well, no, I take that back. There was one person that did contact me, and I'll get to that story after this. But there was no positive people contacting me, or this person specifically, uh, who did, sorry about the chair, um, who did not reach out to me to say, hey, can I get some more information? What's going on? And, you know, not, how can we make this right? It was just, blah. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? And just really raking my spiritual director over the coals. Now, he was already considering uh, leaving um, the district, the diocese that he's a part of, the group, the organization, congregation, whatever you want to label them. Um, he was already considering leaving because he didn't feel valued in, um, you know, he... Again, I'm not I'm stopping right there. I'm not I'm not going to speak on his behalf. That's that's wrong. I apologize. But anyway, this person didn't contact me first and say, hey, you know, what's going on? You know, and again, how can we make this right? What can we do? Let's put our heads together. Let's get to know each other. Let me see what I can do. Um, you know, it may not happen April 9th, but let me see what I can do about you know, getting to know you, making sure your credentials and ducks are in a row and get you ordained. No, it was just blasting my spiritual director to the point to where he resigned. He left that group. And, you know, there's pluses and minuses with that. You know, now he's a, a ship floating in the water that's trying to build his own um group, his own denomination, his own church. Um, and, you know, I'm doing what I can to to help that because he's just an absolute amazing being. I love him um, beyond words. And as you know, as you can hear, 
I'm not using his name anymore because I don't want any more garbage. I don't want any more backlash. I didn't use his name then, but people knew enough to know who it was, right? So, um, yeah, that happened. And then something positive came about. Um, a longtime listener, and now a dear brother from another mother, and an angelic, literally an angel of a bishop. Finally, right? <laughs> How many bishops have I had interactions with that have been negative <laughs> and not non-productive? Really? I mean, or should we say transproductive? No, it's non-productive. <laughs> but. He reached out to me, and um, he, of course, he's a member of the Oblates of Perpetual Light, which all of you are more than welcome to join. We, it's never ending as far as room. We are infinite on room for that. And after I'm done rambling, I'll have a little advertisement for the Oblates for those who may want to join. But this blessed soul sent me an email. Hold on a minute. I'm starting to get choked up reached out to me. Now, he's reached out to me back before when we first when he first introduced himself to me and we got to talking. And he said that, you know, if I lived, you know, closer to him, he would be more than happy to um, ordain me. And I'll get into that a little bit more here in just a second. Um, but what he did, I get an email from him and I'm opening it up and it's, there's this, uh, a certificate attached. I'm like, OK, and I'm reading it. And it, I'm not going verbatim, but it said something along the lines of, I hope this helps you with your ministry. And I was like, okay. So I open it up, open the certificate up. And it is a uh, from his denomination, from his church. And it says that I, you know, my name on this day am an ordained licensed minister. Okay. So I was scratching my noggin because yeah this is my ignorance you know always 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 something to learn right so i was like but i'm already ordained as a minister what is a what is a licensed ordained licensed minister so i i had to look it up so i looked it up and i was and still am completely bowled over dropped me to my knees and again what what an amazing soul I know you guys are saying, shut up and tell us what it, what it means. So I contacted, of course, my spiritual director, and I shared with him, and he's like, what did you do to get this? And I was like, I didn't do it for once, folks. I didn't do anything. This amazing saint, yes, I'm calling you a saint. This amazing saint, angel bishop, um, out of the generosity in the heart of, oh my God, the highest high, did this all on his own. But what it is, is when you are an ordained licensed minister, this is rare that these things are administered. It means that that person and that person's church is sponsoring you. They are backing you and your ministry. So I was just blown and still am just bowled over, blown away on my knees, really. 
Um, and I can never, ever thank him enough. And believe me, I mean, there are over a thousand miles separating us. And if I had the means, I would go to him on hands and knees and ask to be ordained by him. Because to me, it's so important. Again, you guys can hear it as I'm maturing, right? As I'm learning, as I'm growing, as I'm evolving. Again, that's one of the reasons why I'm sharing this is because I hope you all can relate and that you all grow and evolve as well. Is that it is so important that you have a heart connection with your teacher, with your bishop, with you know your church. Um, it adds so much more. To, to you, to your practice, to your ministry, to everything, literally, right? So I know I'm saying right a lot with the question mark at the end. Um, but anyway, I mean, I, I would just be, it would be absolutely one of the greatest moments in my lifetimes to be ordained by this angel, by this saint, by this bishop. Who knows? Well, no, I shouldn't say that. That's not a question. The divine knows. The Holy Trinity knows if and or when that is ever going to happen. Um, but that gets us into what else is going on. And I apologize, folks, that I'm being or appearing to be long winded. There's, you know, I hope you all are getting or still listening and getting something from what I'm sharing. Uh, but this month has been a roller coaster. You know, the lows have been low and the highs have been high. Um, so with this certificate, you know, that a few days after that, you know, I always meet with my spiritual director on the majority of every Sunday that we possibly can. We do a zoom meeting and he's thousands of miles away. Um, but he was like, of course, he he's such an amazing, beautiful being that I know most of you wouldn't take it this way. But with him, you cannot be in a box curled up in a corner with your uh, favorite blanket sucking your thumb. He doesn't allow that. Well, I still have my blanket, my favorite blanket, but I don't use it on Sundays. <laughs> OK, I know maybe too much information, right? But anyway, I hope you get my point is that he's constantly pushing, poking, prodding uh, you to expand, evolve, question in a good way. And he asked me, why are you waiting to do your hospital ministry? Now, those of you who listen to the show for any length of time know that when I, after my surgery, my heart surgery, when I, after I survived, and in the process of recovery, I made a commitment, a vow to the divine that after I recovered, I would do all that I could to be able to become a member of clergy at my local hospital where I was so that what happened to me doesn't happen to anyone else. Now you might say, well, what happened to you? Those of you who don't know, I'll say this very quickly or try. Um, I was hospitalized for two weeks at two different locations of the same brand hospital. Only once 
during that entire time, very, very lonely, very, very scary uh, time of being told you probably aren't going to survive this. And then in the surgery, it was even worse than that, that they actually stopped, called my wife and said, you know, his chance of survival has gone from 40% now to 25%, right? There I go with the right again. Why am I saying that? Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, um, I, I beat those odds. And I've been doing everything I can. You know, I'm an ordained minister now, ordained licensed minister. So my spiritual director is like, hey, you've got this credential now. This is key. Why aren't you putting it into use? Get in the hospital. Do what you told the divine you would do or what you vowed to do. And I said, but, you know, here we go. But, <laughs> but. I only have one available day a week, and that's Sunday, because I'm off on Sundays and Mondays from work. And believe me, my ministry is 24-7, you know, during work week. I'm also doing ministry work. Again, these shows, uh, the, the uh, YouTube, you know, the Oblates of Perpetual Light, Facebook. I'm very active on Facebook personally and ministerially, ministerially. There we go. And also on the uh, Facebook page for the Oblates of Perpetual Light. I'm busy making videos for YouTube, right? So the only days I have available is Sundays and Mondays. And I and Mondays are for family. It is the only day that my wife, my son, and I have that 24 hours together or close to that. Um, and it's extremely important. It's vital. Really, I can't give that up, won't give that up. You know, um, that's what helps. They're the, they're the main reason why I'm still here, why I fought so hard to, to live, to survive and, and do every moment of every day. And yes, you all are included in that too. I don't want you all feeling left out. Yes, you all are the reason why I'm here too. And then why this show is here, why I just keep that, 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 you know? So he said, well, why don't we just skip one Sunday a month and you can go and do that one Sunday? And then I said, but here comes the but again. I don't want to go to the hospital and meet with someone. And that person asked me, can you please come back tomorrow? And me have to say, no, I'm sorry, I can't. To which he immediately pointed out, um, you're not by yourself. There's other chaplains and volunteers and, you know, which got me like, oh, wait a minute. I was approaching this as a lone ranger, you know, so to speak, and that it was all on me alone. And that is not the case. And yes, I've done a lot of study over the past couple of weeks uh, from some amazing teachers on YouTube teaching about uh, pastoral care in the hospital and exactly the do's and don'ts. And I've learned immensely. But yeah, the rest of the clergy are a network. You're a family. You work together. If you, know, if you go and you see someone and they want you to come back tomorrow, you explain to them why you can't. But you tell them you will make sure someone does 
come and see them. And that can be either their minister, their pastor, their priest. You can be the liaison to contact said person and let them know, hey, you know, a member of your congregation wants to see you tomorrow. You know, can you or send, can you send someone? They need someone and kind of give them some information, some background. So, okay. So I was like, okay, well, that checked that box. So let's make it happen. So I reached out to the hospital, went to their pastoral care page and contacted them. And the first person I spoke with had no idea uh, about how to make that happen, but said, call back the next day and speak with so-and-so. So I did that. And the lady uh, wasn't quite sure at first either, uh, because it says on there that you have to fill out an application. And then upon approval, you have to do a two-hour class. And she said she had never heard of that. And uh, But she believed that since COVID, they don't do that anymore, which kind of struck me as odd as you know, if you approve my application, don't you think I would need some hospital training to know your guys' methods and rules, at least, the basics? But anyway, I just rolled with it. She sent me the application. I filled the application out immediately, sent it, well, contacted that saint of angel of a bishop, and, you know, because I had to put his information down. He was like, you go right ahead. So I did that, sent it back. And it wasn't even 10 minutes after that application was sent, they called him to verify my credentials. And I was like, well, this is great. I'm eager. They're eager. Maybe, obviously, question mark. But then I didn't hear anything back for a week. And I was like, hello? And she was like, oh, yeah, you've been accepted. Uh, your application was approved. You should hear something by the end of the week. End of the week came, nothing. So the beginning of the following, I was like, I haven't heard anything. Is everything all right? Do I need anything else? And she was like, oh, no, 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 no. Here's the, and then she sent me another email saying, you go to the hospital's HR department. You've been approved. Get your hospital ID badge. You're good to go. I'm like, great. All right. So I go to the HR department, get the ID, the badge, go home email the person um, that's the, I don't know, I guess you would say the organizer for the um, volunteer clergy. Of course, they, they've got odd names for everything, which you'll see here in just a second. So again, from these lessons that I've been studying, um, they say that, you know, when you arrive at the hospital, you're to go to the registration desk and ask them for a census, a copy of the day's census. And what that is, is a printout of all those people in the hospital that are requesting um, visitation by a member of the clergy. And so I wrote this person and I said, hey, um, where do I go to? I want to come and visit, do some visiting this Sunday in I'm talking this Sunday, which I'm recording right now, which is Sunday, February 12th, very early in the morning. Um, so I wanted to go and, and do this visitation. Got the badge ready to go. Where do I pick up the census? And she wrote back and said, oh, um, you must be mistaken. You can't visit anyone. You can only visit members of your congregation. And I was like, what? Yeah, the say what? <laughs> I'm not going to put in there. I think I've done enough sound effects for one show. But I was, yeah, I was like, well, what? Yeah. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> Why did I have to fill out an application? 
Why did it have to be approved? Why did I have to go get a badge? Why do I have the badge? Because as just an everyday Joe bloke, I can go and visit any member of my clergy or whomever requests me to come and see them. I don't need approval for that or a badge. To which she replied, I'm sorry, I thought that is what you were looking for. And I said, no, I am looking to become a volunteer uh, chaplain, a volunteer member of your clergy in your hospitals to visit those in need. That is why I went to the pastoral care page and contacted you through this phone number. And, you know, you replied through email. So she replied that she apologized and said that um, they have a position of they're restructuring that part of the hospital, the clergy. And she said they call it volunteer visitors. There's no nothing in there that says anything about clergy. But anyway, regardless of the label um, and that they are hiring a new director for that position. And once that person is hired, then um, that person will go through applicants and go from there. So she said she would take my information and that that program is currently on hold for new uh, volunteer visitors and asked me if I was still interested. I said, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, let's, I'm here. Let's make this happen when we can make it happen. Right. I said, I did it again. I got to stop that. Becoming like a tick. <laughs> I don't like that. Um, so, yeah. So that's where we stand with that. And then a couple of days later, she contacted me and said, are you wanting to be, yeah, here we go. Are you wanting to be a volunteer visitor or a Eucharist minister? And I replied, wherever you need me, I can do both. And she thanked me and said she would make a note of that, and we would go from there. So that's the big update on that. A lot of work, a lot of time uh, was put into that. And, and again, infinite thanks, blessings, and love to my spiritual director for pushing me um, in a loving way, in a holy way, to get me off my rear to make this happen or try to make this happen in infinite blessings. Thanks and love to the saint angel Bishop who is, you know, supporting and backing me and my ministry. Um, cannot thank either one of them enough. So what does that bring us to? Well, that brings us to darkness, right? We just recently did a show. I know I'm sorry, folks, I'm talking, but believe me, this is all, pertinent and I believe can help. If not, you're free to click off now and go or come back at another time when you're bored, <laughs> maybe sitting on the toilet, and don't have nothing to do, but listen, <laughs> you can turn me on. I'll, I'll move you. <laughs> My voice will move you. So, you know, all of this got me to thinking, you know, okay, here's these, uh, you know, this Bishop popping up out of nowhere that, you know, said he'd, fly all the way to where I'm at uh, to ordain me. And he was a mess and 
And now, you know, then, then, you know, the possibility of putting our ducks in a row and getting me ordained on April 9th, um, which is Easter. And those of you who know me know that Easter is like the absolute day for me. Um, it's such an amazing, auspicious day for me, other than the uh, resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is above all, um, at least for me. I was born on April 6th, 1969. If you pull up a calendar, put in April 6th, 1969, what day was that? It was Easter Sunday. So for me to have been ordained on that day would be just, would have been just literally over the moon. You know, you can't even say the icing on the cake because it, it, it transcends that. It goes above and beyond that. But regardless, that didn't happen. It's, or excuse me, it's, it's not going to happen. Um, but again, yeah, here, that fell through. And here a bishop, another bishop, not, yeah. Well, no, I got his title wrong before because I called him archbishop. Um, I, again, I forget titles. It's, it doesn't matter anyway, right? He was able to ordain me. So whatever, it doesn't matter at this point. But that person, instead of stepping forward to assist or try to assist in making it happen, didn't. And negative came from that. So, you know, that got me to thinking and got me to praying. And, and you know, now that's stuff with the hospital. Here I was this close, so close to getting in to be able to help and heal people in the hospital. And that was thwarted. To me, in my heart, that there's absolutely no other reason for it other than darkness. And those of you who've been listening to the show know a couple of shows ago, we did a thing about seeing in the darkness. <laughs> Imagine that. You know, Spirit has me do a show on that, and look what's, look what's transcending. Look what's, look what's excuse me, transpiring. Look what's taking place. Is that which is dark does not want you to do the light. It wants to do everything it can to diminish your light. And I have noticed while meditating and praying and contemplating, which is pretty much all the time, um, there's that voice that's creeped up that I haven't had to deal with since my surgery. Well, I should say a little bit, a couple months after my surgery is when it stopped. And um, it's a darkness saying, why are you doing this? Why are you wasting your time? Obviously, they don't want you to be a priest. Obviously, you, you know, your show's not doing good. Obviously, you aren't needed. Obviously, you're worthless. Obviously, you're wasting your time. You know, you talk about impermanence. You preach about impermanence. But yet here you are doing all these things for all these people who don't care. And then you're wasting your time. This is time you could be doing stuff for you. You could be playing and recording music. You could be doing this. You could be hiking. You could be, you know, and all of that, all of that. And th those of you listening, don't take any of that personal. Don't. 
That's the darkness talking. And the reason why I'm sharing this is because I know you all go through this and experience this too. You know, the old uh, little cartoon image of a devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other is semi-correct, except the locations are wrong. The devil or the darkness is in the head and the angel or the divine is in your heart. So, of course, the darkness can't make you do anything, but they can whisper so loudly that it can be deafening at times. It can almost turn into screams or, yes, turn into screams. And no, I'm not, I'm not schizophrenic, folks. I'm not turning schizophrenic, I promise. I know this because I've dealt with this throughout my entire life, and I know all of you have as well. You know, it's the reason why, not the reason why, but part of uh, what persuades us to do things that we know are wrong, that we know we should not do. And yes, we're all guilty of that in our life. You know, yeah, if you want to go by Christian terms, it prompts us or persuades us to sin, you know, and that's exactly what the darkness is doing. The darkness is trying all that it can to extinguish my light, your light, everybody's light. And we need to fight that. We can't give in to that and we can't give up. So, no, I am not going to stop. Uh, working towards uh, my ordination, my holy orders. I'm not, I'm not, or I should say the holy orders, not mine, the holy orders. It comes from the Holy Spirit, the divine, the Holy Trinity. I, you know, I am going to continue until there is no life left in this frame to make that happen. And that is a huge vow because that is i firmly believe part and parcel as to why i am still here and why i did not die on that operating table on june 30th of 2020 and i apologize haven i know she she doesn't like when i talk about this because it brings up so much uh, really bad memories and heartbreak the stuff her and my son went through are just beyond, beyond words, the pain that they went through. And I can't apologize to them enough for that. I mean, yes, part of it was hereditary, but a lot of it was stuff that I did to myself because of uh, poor diet over so many years. More information on that old episode. So, so yeah, that's where we're at is, you know, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to quit. I'm just going to do as what I always say, folks, dig deep. Or I should say, dig deeper. But does that make, <laughs> does that scare away the darkness? Not quite, because it, it hit me again. And another reason why this is take five on this part of the show is I was beating myself up for something because my brother-in-law who is, you know, you guys have heard me talk about Ray in the um, prayer request in this past show um, past Sunday. Well, the show that's going to be airing today, which this show won't be airing until Wednesday, but the regular podcast show 
I had uh, mentioned at the very beginning that Ray is in his last stages of this life. Um, he is Haven's sister's husband. They've been married for 36, 37 years. Uh, Haven and I have been married 35, been together 36. It'll be 36 years uh, this November. Um, so, you know, we are very close in relation to relationships as far as knowing how they're, what they're going through. You know, Haven almost went through that with me or actually went through sem several stages of that when I was in the hospital. And, you know, Ray, it doesn't look good. So I, in just a few hours, as of a, I'm recording this, uh, in just a few hours, I'm going to go see him. And I was the darkness. I was listening to the darkness subconsciously, or I should say unconsciously, um, because I was beating myself up and saying, if I was ordained as a priest, there's so much more I could do and offer Ray and his family. But being only a minister, and I know my um, wife, my mother, and my spiritual director don't, don't like when I say only minister. Uh, but I don't have the apostolic succession. I don't have the anointing of the Holy Spirit through apostolic succession. So I'm, I'm very hard on myself for that not coming to fruition yet. You know, it's a big driving force that keeps me digging deep and, and moving forward. Um, almost to the extent to where, well, not almost, to the extent to where my family is concerned for my health, where they're like, you know, you are really overdoing it. You should cut back, slow down. But to me, there's not enough seconds, literally, in the day. But believe me, folks, I'm working on that. So no worries. I'm working on that. But anyway, uh, I was like, you know, there's so much more I could do if I had that anointing, that ordination, that apostolic succession. So my spiritual director, of course, I lean on him probably more than I should. But, hey, isn't that what sp spiritual directors are for? Um, you know, he... We were talking because he's been going through a lot of health issues. So I was checking on him and he was checking on me. And I, you know, I said to him, you know, I wish I was a priest because I would be able to do more. Now, I want to read to you all what he wrote me in reply to that. Now, remember, he is, uh, like I said, always pushing me to not be in a box, to not be in a comfort zone, to always excel to, to always, um, you know, not allow that darkness to, to thwart me, to sway me, to compress me, to depress me, to derail. So anyway, this is what he replied. He said, because, I mean, this was in reference to um, I was wanting to do um, what they call viaticum for Ray, and that is a Catholic um, um, combination of three sacraments 
that you do for someone who's in the stages of passing. Um, a lot of people refer to it as last rites, but that's not what it is. Viaticum is a um, Latin word that means journey. So it's like food for the journey. Like you're, you're doing this for the person to help them um, either heal them where they are um, now or help them have what they need to have in their faith um, and then connect with you know, the divine even greater. So when they do pass, it's a very peaceful, loving transition, right? Again, I did the right thing. Weird. So anyway, this is what he said. Because, you know, I can't do those sacraments according to uh, Catholic faith. Well, I should say Roman Catholic faith, but I'm not Roman Catholic. I'm independent Celtic Catholic. So here's what he wrote. You are not restricted on any sacraments, angel. There is nothing about apostolic secession that makes those priests any different from you. You can do everything they can do and more. The blessing of the Holy Spirit overrides anything the church may say or dictate. You have a calling. Abide by your calling. If you are called to heal, it will happen. If you are called to hear a confession, then you hear it. If you are called to minister to the sick, then you do it. Not being a part of apostolic succession doesn't mean you cannot do these things. You are doing the work of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. The only thing standing in the way of that is you. Amen. He's absolutely right. But he's absolutely right about what, folks? All of us. What do we allow to stand in our way? What do we allow the darkness to change our minds on instead of going for it, making it happen? You know, and I'm, I'm referring to the, the positive things, the things of light is what I'm talking about, not the negative things. Again, that's darkness. So I want to pause here and leave you all with that bit of advice from my spiritual director who shared it with me. Now I'd like to share it with all of you. And I'm always available for all of you guys. You know that. I hope you know that. Um, my Again, I'm easy to find. My contact information is at the end of this show, the end of every show. You know, if you want to connect with me on Facebook, you know, contact me through the email and I'll send you a link so you can find my Facebook page and, and join me there. I mean, there's no reason why you can't. We're all family. We're all brothers and sisters. So I will go ahead and pause here, folks, and we'll wrap this, uh, wow, super duper book nook up uh, with our closing blessing, real quick closing blessing. And then you all have an amazing, wonderful blessed week and i will see you sunday with the mother irene show the first of the three amazing you all take care of yourself believe in yourself know that each and every one of you are my heart thoughts and prayers i love you all so dearly never doubt your worth never doubt your light shine brighter and brighter with each breath 
Okay, so let's close with a simple blessing. Uh, this is an Irish blessing called May the Raindrops Fall Lightly. Namani Divi Filii Spiritus Sancti. May the raindrops fall lightly on your brow. May the soft winds freshen your spirit. May the sunshine brighten your heart. May the burdens of the day rest lightly upon you. May the divine enfold you in their love. Amen. I so hope and pray that you all have enjoyed the show and that it has helped you in some way. If it has helped you, please consider making an offering to the show. Offerings are a great way to help support and improve the show. It also helps and supports the Faith and More ministry. If you would like to make an offering, we are accepting them through the Cash app. The show's cash tag is dollar sign Faith and More, or you can find us at Cash dot app forward slash dollar sign faith and more an infinite thanks blessings and love in advance for anything that you can offer don't forget about our youtube channel you can watch videos of weekly ask angel questions bi-weekly sermons and homilies audio of the show the show you're listening to now is uploaded on youtube it's a great place and a fun thing to just watch and hang out on just go to youtube.com forward slash at faith and more podcast. I'm always open to questions and suggestions. We have people listening from all over the world. There are amazing beings past and present in your country, society and culture that we do not know about, but we should. Please contact me and share these amazing beings so we can share them with the world. Next is prayers. I love to pray and our listeners love to pray as well. So let us pray for you. There's two ways to do this. The first is to email me at faithandmorepodcast at gmail.com or through the website at faithandmorepodcast.wixsite.com slash my dash site. So until next time, have a blessed week and know that each and every one of you are in my heart and prayers. Bless you.